Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we are so glad you're here. And this week, we have another special guest, another dope, fi, lady, intelligent <laughs> fighter, Nicole Cruet. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you, Isa. Thank you for joining me and just taking Thank you for time. inviting me. You know, just tell people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. Oh, I'm from here. I'm from the island. I'm from Puerto Rico. I went to the UP as well, UPR. I went here for my bachelor's in grad school. I went to, I studied accounting, which surprised a lot of people because I don't look and I don't act like an accountant. Okay. <laughs> I was about to look, you, you just show you the you know? UP. You're like, what? <laughs> And then I went on to law school, which also surprised me because I, apparently I don't look or sound like a lawyer. But what yeah, that? I don't. I know. I know. That's what I say. But um, there are the serious stereotypes always hanging around. So, um, so yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. My dad's family is an immigrant family. They're Lebanese, and my mom's family is from the center of the island. They're Spanish and indigenous. Okay. So I'm very much a Puerto Rican in the sense that. I have a lot of little roots everywhere. Mm-hmm. Isn't and, that great? Though? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important on our journey because we can like find different historical connections. There's yes. actually a lot of Lebanese people in Liberia. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. A lot, like really. Boston. There's a lot of Lebanese people here and Middle Eastern people in in, in Puerto Rico, but they came like late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay. So now they've kind of blended. Right. And, um, but at first they had like a very strict community. Like my, both my grandparents on my dad's side were born in Puerto Rico and they're both like a hundred percent Lebanese, but they married within the Lebanese community. So my dad ethnically is, um, a hundred percent Middle Eastern, but he's also like a hundred percent Puerto Rican. Right. So it's, it's pretty funny. It wasn't until my dad's generation that they started like marrying outside the community. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like half and half in that sense. Okay. So there's like a lot of weird history and that people don't know about Puerto Ricans because they always, a lot of people think of Puerto Rico and they're like, oh, it's just like. The three categories. <laughs> the Holy Trinity thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like African, Taino, and Spanish. And, right. And really, it's not just Spanish. It's um, European. There's a lot of different influences. That's true. I recently did a project on voices from the outside looking from within. Mm-hmm. And like, just like you said, the influence of people who are here and have been here and kind of aren't counted as that Trinity yes. or that mix, you yes. know? But we are or even if you look, um, if your skin is too dark within like what they think a Puerto Rican spectrum is, mm-hmm. they don't think you're Puerto Rican. Right. Or if your skin is, sometimes even when it's too light, they're like, oh, you don't look from here. Especially right. people from outside the island. They've told me, like, my skin is pretty, like, my skin's pretty white. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you don't look Puerto Rican. I was like, what is that supposed to right. look like? Because there's so many stereotypes about the island that you're supposed to be like this color and like a particular and have these blended out. And the Caribbean is like the stereotype when it's it's really very complex. Exactly. And it's awesome. So many stories, so many different, you know, challenges. But what I've realized in my experience, because, like, sometimes people are like, why the hell do you still live there? It's like, you're always going through <laughs> something. I ask my, that myself every morning. Like, why am I still here? I mean, I love it. Right, but it's, exactly. It's it makes not us, as easy. It's not easy, but the struggle definitely makes us stronger, I think, mm-hmm. as a people 
But yeah, our struggles and our situations, you know, shape us. And mm -hmm. I've always been a strong person, pretty confident, but if it wasn't for Puerto Rico, I would have never been able to face many of my fears. I would have never realized how smart I am. I would have never been able to find my voice. So I think that is important that we kind of remember that in our like tribulations and our trials, that's mm -hmm. a part of our testimony, you know? Yeah. Because of my UV, I'm very interdisciplinarian, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how you jumped from accounting to law and just so um i do like accounting so people think i, I just studied it because i wanted to study something mm -hmm. i do like accounting and i do like a business but um i i chose that because i started working when i was around 16 my dad had a friend who had this company and i wanted to work at 16 because i was this weirdo kid and he was like, well, you can help my accountant. And I started working as an accountant's assistant when I was okay. 16. And then I was like, okay, I don't hate this. I kind of like it. And I did like the technical part of it. And um, I was pretty good at it. So I studied accounting. But at the same time, it was pretty funny. Like, again, the stereotypes. While I was in La Yupi studying accounting, there is... Depending on the faculty you're in, um, there's a stereotype. So if you study business, you're supposed to be like this clean-cut, stuck-up person. Okay. And always, I was always hanging out here in Humanidades. I was um, taking French classes in Humanidades. Right. And I was like doing all these other, other things. For your electives, and I right? Think, yeah, for my electives. I did a semester abroad in Spain, and I, did, I didn't take a single accounting class over there. I just t studied like classic Latin and a bunch of random stuff. Right. So... I think I was just generally really curious, and I think this university allowed me that, to just be curious and meet other people and then study other things outside my um, discipline. So I did that, but um, I've always, I always knew that I wanted to go to law school, even though um, nobody in my immediate family wanted me to go to law school. Okay. So that was a challenge. My family um, still is, because I'm still like a little bit of an outsider rebel in that sense. They're very... Are you the only girl? I'm the only girl. Oh, okay. I'm yes. the same situation. My Both my parents grew up very Catholic. Okay. And then they stopped being Catholic, and once I was born, they went into the Baptist church. And okay. I grew up strictly conservative, Reformed Baptist. Okay. So their idea of my upbringing was conservative. And was very, you're going to end up married with children and you're going to have a husband that supports you financially and that will be your life. So they're, they're, they thought the idea of me going to law school for them was like like a stumbling block for me to fall into a life that was not the life that God had planned for me, which was for me to be a wife and a mother. I am not a wife. I am still not a mother, so that was clearly not the plan. No. Well, I mean, is life is still, you I think know. so? I mean, um, we have I, a long time. Like, life true, true. can be lived. And I think also the other generations, they have different timelines, different plans. And we they have do. different, you know. But I'm in no hurry for that. I've never, I'm, I'm not working actively towards that. I'm not seeking that. If yeah. it happens, it happens. And I'll be happy. But um, from their point of view, I had to, like, actively look for a husband. Mm -hmm. And if I got married, like, actively work on having kids. So um, they didn't want me to go to law school. So um, it was kind of different because for my brother, he, he went to grad school and they supported him all the way through grad school. And when I went to grad school, they were like, you're on your own. So it was very different. It was very different for him being a boy and me being a girl. 
So my going to law school was like an actor. <laughs> I'm thinking of my I know so many comments. Yeah. I made my peace with that situation, <laughs> but it's still a little bit arranged. It shapes you though, right? So Yes, because my going to law school was an act of rebellion. I mm. was an act of like I paid my way through law school waiting tables, so it was kinda of, yeah. it was crazy. Right. I don't know if I would ever do something like that again because I was just constantly burnt out and exhausted and my experience at law school was probably not the best academic experience because of that yeah but at the same time I graduated in three years and I did it you so see? yeah it was worth so it so that I think that was my drive just right like proving them wrong exactly you so know. that was like part of my just like my starting point into like the the whole feminism activism thing so You're that kind it. of that was kind of like a driving force for me like yeah wanting to be uh, an attorney and when I went to law school and I did my clinical practice, I did it in immigration law and I loved it. So wow. I was like, my dream was to be an immigration lawyer. Right. It's not what I am. So, um, it, you know, I, life, I, yeah, exactly. life happens. But um, I think that's kind of what started me on the whole, because I, I, I see feminism as, as part of the bigger fights toward um, human rights. So. Okay. That's why I believe like feminism is intersectional and, yeah. and all those things. Like we can't, we can't do feminism if you're not fighting for um, economic rights and um, civil rights and a lot of other things. Like you can't just make it just about women because it's not mm -hmm. how it works. It's very intersectional now, you know, because that was like always my struggle with it when I was kind of brought Starting to the awareness. Out, yeah. Um, I would never. I don't call myself a feminist. Um, okay. um okay. I. Because of like one, I think my understanding of feminism came really late in life, uh, college when we were mm -hmm. most kind of brought aware to yeah, different too. things. It can't in college but I didn't identify with you know certain foundations, and of course, being a black woman in the states and knowing about womanism, I'm like, okay, this is something maybe more for me. But I just can't bring it to myself to call myself a, no. I, that's just something I just don't identify Maybe with. Maybe you just don't like the label, but you like the idea. But um, feminism also has its baggage. Feminism or feminists can be racist. Feminists can be, um, they can discriminate towards lower classes or towards poor people right. or towards immigrants. And that's why there's like a big fight to make feminism um, inclusive and that's again the term intersectional is like yeah. we have to do this we have to we can't we can't just fight for white women's rights exactly white middle-class women's right because that is just not it right. and for some people it, it it's hard to grasp that idea but i think that is we as in you know the other or the minority are the trying to fit in this whatever established middle class or white area right had to create different groups because of this separation, right? And so how can others who are in these other spaces or who are continuing this narrative, right? How do we blur these lines? How can we be more inclusive in our ways of life and our practices? I think uh, it's, I think you have to actively work towards it. You can't just live in a discriminating society and then hope everybody gets along at the end of the day. Yeah. You actually have to do the work. Right and put the work inside yourself first hey. <laughs> and i think for me um i grew up with a lot of prejudice i grew up with a lot of prejudice against people that um didn't think the way i did it didn't believe um 
in what I did. And I think, like, I, I grew up in a racist society, so I'm sure I, I, I have and I still have a lot of that prejudice, too, even though I'm, I'm working on it right. <laughs> constantly. And I probably will be working on it till the day I die because the, um, the, the society will still be affecting you. Exactly. It's like they're, they're trying to dump and influence and shape you in this way, and you're fighting it constantly. So... You have to work the work in. It's it's hard. It's really painful sometimes. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend uh, last night. She was. Um, she's going through the process of work of breaking away from an institution that she um, grew up in. It was mm-hmm. like a particular church, a particular um, belief, and she's like in the process right now of breaking away from that. And I went through that process many years ago. And I told her, like, at times it's going to feel self-destructive because you are so sh- yeah, shaped exactly. and molded by that. Mm-hmm. Like, getting rid of those beliefs is, like, ripping parts of yourself. Yeah. And it's painful. It's so hard. So it, it feels like, oh, my God. What was but it's I doing? so freeing once it's, you... Once you get past it and you have, like, not a completely clean slate, but then you can actually shape yourself in, in really amazing. Yeah, and you like, like you said you're, something you have to act, girl. You know, I started having I guess, my like you know we all have different stages of awakenings a bit like yeah. you know mine from I guess maybe separating myself from being in the states and living in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. is just like um, after like my first year here and I was like yeah um, there's so many things and I think it was like around election time and everything so it was like right I came in 2015 like so peak Puerto Rican exactly you know and then like that's what comments, people get the most Puerto Rican yeah very <laughs> yeah so yeah that was my very first election in the island so oh, that's intense. yeah <laughs> and so I just realized you know how to just the understanding of self and you know where I am and where I want to be um, in my future and how if I continue to think like mm-hmm. how I thought in the States or continue to try to be there, it's not going to help my person here. And, you know, the person who I am now is totally different. You know, not totally, but like, you know, I've evolved in my thinking, in my way, in my beliefs um, mm-hmm. that in the past I would have been like, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> I was like Miss Holier Than Thou, you know, like. I used to be <laughs> like that. And sometimes I think I fall back into sometimes but it's very vaguely and especially like when I deal with like spiritual work and I deal with different religious things or just like different cultural understandings Mm -hmm. or like political things and just like you know what is you know human rights what are civil rights what is you know when am am I you know being a classic or some classes or am I being some type of racist to other people you know I'm saying like I have we all have to check ourselves and even me as an other you know living in this space you know how I move through the university, how I study, how I represent the university is like deep in my conscious because I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, she is, you know, this other person because I come from the States. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I have been able to be shaped my thoughts process, you know, and seeing how people move and how their the struggle, you know what I'm saying, guides them. It allows me to be able to understand better and fight better and break away from yes. those conditions that I thought were correct, you mm-hmm. know, and really, really mm-hmm. toxic and fucking yeah. trash, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. shout out to, you know, college and... <laughs> I blame that you paid for all of this. For all of this, all you know. All my struggles. I could have happily been, like, married with kids and a stay-at-home mom in church, but no. And still been stressed with the kids. I would have probably been miserable. 
Like, when I look back into that time, I was like, I, I never felt like that was a life for me. I just mm-hmm. always thought that was a life I was supposed to have. Yeah. So, so now, what do you? What is the life that you want to see? Oh. What do you see for yourself? It's twenty twenty. You know, what is your next manifestation? You know, you're speaking life into this. Um, I'm still in the process of searching where, what my next step will be. Mm-hmm. I know I have to move quote um, soon. Um, like I was telling you before we started recording, um, there are times in your life when you feel like, okay, maybe it's time to close some chapters and just shake things up a little bit and I don't think I deal that well with with um, uncertainty but I think like life is pushing me towards like taking maybe a leap of faith or taking some sort of risk with my career. I'm so for that yeah. you know because so it's, just like, it's like I don't want to I'm like digging my heels but life is like just on with it. Yeah, girl. This and year, like waiting for a giant sign, and like sometimes it. you do get the giant sign. Yeah, and you're still like, well, but maybe no, you have to move. So, um, I think that's it. I think maybe next year, it's not the goal. Maybe is not to like go towards something specific, but maybe the goal is just to go. Yeah. So you have to, you have to move. I think so. I know you have a poem to share with us today. I do. It took me a while to pick one. Right, oh, I like this one. This is kind of like an end of year poem. Okay. It's by Mary Oliver. I love her. Okay. Um, it's called Wild Geese. It says, You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across landscapes. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. That was perfect. I just want to let you guys know that I don't know these poems (laughs) (laughs) before my guest shares them. And I love it because every time someone's poem has something to do with what we've talked about. And I feel like that was just perfect. perfect. Yeah, I didn't realize it while we were talking and I wasn't reading it. I got a little bit emotional. I just was like, like, this makes me love what I do anymore. I'm like, yes, see. I'm going to send it to you. Please do. Please do. We don't realize how much we've grown or, or how far we've come. Yeah. As cheesy as that sounds. But we it's really... It's really cheesy. But... Um, it's the truth. We have to. And we've grown a lot these past two years. Yeah, girl. Without even realizing it. Because we've yeah. been in survival mode. Yeah. We've grown so much. Yeah. That's what I'm learning to, like, realize. It's like, dude... You don't always have to be in survival mode. Just be, just live, do your best. Mm-hmm. If you need to take a break, take 10 breaks, you know? Yes. And then, but also be present, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't focus too much on the past. Don't worry too, too much, because I'm, like, already playing, like, years, you know? But here, and just being... So, Nicole, how are you on your way? Oh, I don't know how to say that. I don't answer that. It's such a weird question. I love it. <laughs> I love questions that put me on the spot. I think 
think I'm, I'm learning or relearning to trust myself. Because it's something that I think I kind of lost through the years. Because when you're a kid, you're like, you're like really believing in yourself when Heck you're yeah. a kid or when you're really young. But then you kind of lose that when life doesn't go the way you plan. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like losing sight of what you've accomplished. Yeah. So I think that's it, like learning to, or relearning to believe in yourself and that you do have the skills and you do have what it takes to you do. do whatever you want. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Tell the people where can they connect with you at your social oh, media. Oh, my Instagram is Café Con Miel. Um, I'm going to spell it out because it's in Spanish. It's cafe, it's C-A-F-E dot con, which is C-O-N dot miel, which is M-I-E-L. It's coffee with honey, but in Spanish. Yeah. That's send her, Instagram. Send her some love. Remind her how strong and amazing she is. <laughs> and just, you know, encourage her on her way. This is Issa Cosette. Y'all be blessed.